Welcome to the 26th episode of the Facilitator M podcast. This podcast has been created to host discussions of relevance to global partner M's in phase four and five fields and beyond. My name is Christy Van Steenberg, Global Partner Southeast Regional Mobilizer. I will be your host for the time that we'll be together today. And I'm super excited and honored that we have our own Dr. Dennis Jackson, our Director of Global Partners with us today. Dennis, welcome. We are so glad you're here. Oh, I'm so glad to be on this. And I've followed all the podcasts and just been so grateful for so many contributors to it and just how well it's been done. So thanks, Christy, for your work and the whole team and what they've done with this. Well, we're just we're super excited to partner with what the Lord's doing um, just in our M's lives all over. But specifically, we've recently focused on um, facilitator four and five. But as you know, this really will be for everyone, for all of our GPMs, um, this specific one. So Dennis, um, you know better than anybody else that we have missionaries that have been serving with us for decades. And then we have some that have been serving with us for months. And so I love that, that our family is changing and um, growing. But I would love for you just to give us a little introduction of even who you are, who your family is, just a little background about about you. Well, thanks. You know, you talk about that. I just met one of our missionaries for the first time because she mobilized during COVID. I wasn't here. She didn't come in because we didn't do on-site interviews and stuff. And so I followed her, and, and but I just met her. It was like, oh, that's so great. And that has been some of the unusual experience. I probably have gotten around to more of our fields than the rest of us, but I still have people that I haven't spent a great deal amount of time with. So thanks for the question. I you know, been married to Gwen for 44 years now. We just celebrated our 46th Valentine's Day because that was one of our first dates oh, uh, 46 okay. years ago. And so uh, it's a delight to have her in this this uh, journey together. She, uh, I, we, we laugh. Uh, she doesn't laugh. She doesn't think it's funny, but I think it's funny that people generally sort of like me, but they love Gwen. And in fact, when I get off a plane and she's not with me, the first question is always, oh, where's Gwen? You know, <laughs> so it's always been true. It's now internationally true that uh, people <laughs> tolerate me and love her. So and then we have four children. All four of them are married. We have eight grandchildren and uh, our kids are all over. Mike and Johnny Morgan, you know, Mike Morgan on our team. He's married to my middle daughter. They live in northern Michigan. So it's about five and a half hours from Indy. And then I've got two in L.A. and one in New Zealand. And so uh, they're spread all over the world. And I think I caused part of that by taking them around the world uh, several years ago. And they've always had a heart for the world and a, a desire to live somewhere else. So anyway, yeah, that's our family. Oh, that's great. I, I think family is so important. And as we think about our our global partners family, one of the things that um, I've noticed that you do, one of your um, rhythms is that you do a day alone with God. And as my family has been a part of GP for um, almost 10 years now, um, I've noticed that many times it's on your day alone with God that we get a little message from you. Um, and so that's honoring that you you focus on your M's sometimes during that day. Um, but this last week, actually this week, I think just a day or two ago, you actually sent us a video um, from your time alone with God. And 
um, just want to say thanks for that. Thanks for thinking of us. And, and, you know, it speaks volumes when we get those intimate little messages. And, you know, I don't know what the Lord was speaking exactly to you in that moment, but he, he must've pricked your heart in a way. Um, yeah. You know, it was, it was interesting because whenever I'm coming into a day alone with God, I always ask God, what would you like the day to look like? Cause I probably overplan everything in life, but I sense really clearly the day before that what he was saying, and I think I referenced this in the video, that he just kind of came in outline, and it was so simple. I didn't have any preparation then to do about that, but just to enjoy the day. And so as I was praying through, four scriptures were prompts in my life, and uh, and then to be able to just shoot the video. He said, shoot a video and send it to the missionaries. I'm like, okay. And and that's really a, an overflow of my life right now, Christy, is, is just really sensing um, what it is to be Holy Spirit filled and led. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have a tendency, and I've been working through this uh, with some good help and things to just over plan, over prepare, you know, spend so much time. And I've really sensed in this season that He would like to lead my life more clearly mm-hmm. and that it's actually an easier road road to travel on when I just sense his promptings and stuff. And that isn't some weird thing. It's not, you know, kind of thing. It's just a reality that he loves to do that. And obviously he knows the needs of people. So as I was praying through those verses, it was interesting how the Lord would just prompt one of those for somebody. Sometimes I'm like, oh, that's an insight. And that makes sense to me because I know something of what maybe they're going through. Other times I had no idea, but I felt empowered in that prayer. He was so kind that day to allow that to happen. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, then it's then it's it's not a task. It's like a joyful journey to be able to pray through the team and and really trust him for what he's doing. So yeah. And I think that's beautiful. Um, just with what North America has been experiencing with this mm-hmm. Asbury um renewal, revival, whatever it's being called. Um mm-hmm because some of the students we're working with are saying, yeah, it's not much different than my life because I've been positioning mm-hmm. myself for that. And I think that's wow. what you're saying is well, you're, you've been positioning yourself to hear from the Holy Spirit. And so it just, he organizes it all then. And I just, I think what, what you shared and even now what you've just shared really goes in alignment with what we're watching unfold at least in North America, but I believe it's spreading. I've heard, I've heard rumors that it's spreading. Um, yeah. You know, just, I think in reference to that, uh, I was soon after I became a Christ follower, I don't have a Christian background at all. And my family wasn't Christian. We hardly ever went to church. Mother's day was our day to go, not Easter, not Christmas, Mother's day. But, uh, I've been going back and forth with a girl who was actually the the daughter of the pastor at the time when I got saved. And uh, part of my salvation story is I was dating her and started going to church for a free date, actually, because my <laughs> parents didn't count going to church. And uh, we've been going back and forth. I, I I hadn't seen her for years. And I preached at Skyline Church in California last year. And she's a part of that and came up to me afterwards and said, do you remember me? And I didn't. And uh, so it was just a fun reunion. But we were talking about the revival going back and forth on the email. And uh, she said, do you remember the revival? And and she told me more details than I remembered because her dad was the pastor. 
And for six weeks, we had no sermons. We started prayer meetings in the morning and at night. Yeah. And I literally would go to those prayer meetings every single morning, 6 a.m., um, without fail. And I was a new Christian. I just thought, if that's what God's doing, I want to be a part of it. I didn't know, you know, some people don't even go, what? you know? <laughs> and it was so significant. And then I was tracing back today in my journal that I, after that time, that pastor became our district superintendent, a new pastor came, and in the next 25 years, over 50 people were called into ministry wow. from that church. Wow. How much of that was because of the revival, you know, that overflowed and just kept repeating itself. And uh, and I was just so marked by the movement of God. And I think of people that have never experienced even that in a little bit. And it was in the first months of my new Christian life that I experienced that um, and it marked me. It certainly marked me for the rest of my life. And uh, I was one of those 50, you know, that went into ministry as a result of that. And I just thought again, what would it be like if this spread? What if it would be like if, you know, what you were saying, the students are saying, that's how I'm trying to live already. You know, but what would it be like if we just had this expectancy? Holy Spirit, what would you want to do? How would you want to move? Even when we're witnessing in some of the hardest places we are, God's already moving. What if you're just lacking wisdom and working with a national leader and just going, how would I ever get this lesson kind of communicated? I don't even know where to start. We can trust Holy Spirit's working. And uh, that's just such a joy. That really, yeah. We can bask in that for a long time. Um, yeah. And just, I know that one of the things we've been praying for in GP just in general is is more. and. Yeah more workers, more fields, more opportunities to share, more more people coming to Jesus. You know, that's been our heart that from the very beginning. It's Jesus' mm -hmm. heart. So, I mean, we heard a glimpse of your heart, and now we hear a little more. And, you know, is there more brewing? Is there more things that you feel the, the Lord is um, directing you to lead us in or coming up or expecting, um, yeah. really an expectancy? Do you have an expectancy of something? Yeah. Yeah, I do. And part of it is that more that I know you and the mobilization team are praying for every single day. It's just so exciting. James just shared with us in a meeting recently that I, I think of the numbers right in my mind. We have 656 leads right now of people who have shown some interest. Mm -hmm. And now we know a lot of those don't go further. Um, and, and some of them don't go further now, but they will in a year or two years. You know, you never know on those things compared to just over 200 for all of the year before. And it's only still February. Mm -hmm. And we have that many contacts. And the gathering was a part of that. But part of that is we've multiplied more mobilizers out there, and they're having more regular contacts. And the, the, the prayer is being answered. Uh, next is certainly a part of that. And that's just so exciting to watch what God is doing through mm -hmm. those things, because I believe uh, there's a whole new generation right now who's saying there's got to be more uh, to this and, and the mission can be part of that. I think the other thing is just, again, as we're coming up to the, the summit, the Mission 1-8 summit, uh, my heart's just, you know, again, saying, God, what do you want to do during that time in our midst? And we've programmed less uh, we've kind of been this less could be more, you know, when we did the first summit, we were at Houghton College, so we had all these classrooms. So we did like 40 some seminars. We're doing four a day. You know, we're just like, why would we just cram it full of all good things? It wasn't a bad thing to do all this. We just want everybody to be together more with more focus 
And uh, we've really sensed that's a leading of the Holy Spirit. We really want to focus during that time, not just on the mission, but our identity in Christ. And I think that's going to be a really significant thing. Excited about those who are going to be sharing, um, but more excited about what Holy Spirit might do in our midst. So, yeah. Yeah, as we, I mean, we're all preparing and planning for the summit and um, the the one eight idea is really cool to me. And I, I'm just uh, personally excited about that. Um, but also the time together, I think that's um, what's going to be special. Is there ways that you think would be helpful for us to prepare for that? Like as M's coming in with no responsibility other than showing up, um, how can we best be prepared? What do you think, what should our spirit and attitude be? Yeah, that's a great question, Christy. And I have no uh, doubt that the team will be doing the very things I'm talking about. So there's no big revelation here. Mm -hmm. I know everybody will be spending time in prayer and we're going to be launching uh, actually Ash Wednesday launches a kind of a first promptings. And then the closer we get the last 21 days, there'll be daily prompts of just praying. Um, a lot of that, in fact, almost all of it will come from the book of Acts because we really sense that it is um, just a capturing of what God does and how he works. I, I'm i reading Acts twice a day. Uh, I'm in chapter 21 today because it's the 21st of February. And one of the things that I've been noting in the last year in my studies, uh, I've read Acts so many times. I used to think it was a book of strategy, but it's actually a book of just movement. And it's not the Acts of the Apostles. I don't know why we named it that. It's the Acts of the Holy Spirit. And so I've been saying, okay, God, what do you want to do? And I don't want to plan that. I don't want to prepare that, but I want to expect it. And that would be one of the things I'd ask all of our team to do as you're praying. Pray expectantly. Um, believe that he wants to do something more than what we can plan or prepare for. That he'll show up in ways with us individually, maybe in, in teams, maybe in families, maybe not. But but just having that expectancy of, God, what do you have for us? And I know for some, it's, it's you know, it's not the easiest dates. We spent about two and a half hours trying to figure out how to even put a survey together to say what's the best time. And it's not the best time for most anybody, but it was better than most, you know. And, right. and so we understand what people are missing out on or what complications there are. Um, but again, what might he want to do in our midst and to pray expectantly for that? I'd encourage all of us to pray for each other, um, not just from your area, but as God would prompt you to, to pray for some other team member. Uh, we'll be letting everybody know kind of the program and some of the persons that will be speaking. It's pretty simple, but that'd be something that people can pray for too. But I think more than anything else, you know, my hunger is Holy Spirit meet with us. Holy Spirit, do what you want to do. We're planning a night of ministry on the final night where there'll be some stations. We've done that at, at many of our conferences and things along the way, but also just saying, Holy Spirit, is there some special message you have for somebody who may need to pray, may need to share, may need to you know, receive healing, and just asking that Holy Spirit would be so significantly present with us yeah. that in fact, um, we would experience ministry that maybe, maybe we hope for, maybe we won't even have thought of, 
but he'll do his work and maybe surprise us, but it'll be a pleasant surprise, right? It won't be a shock. It'll be something that he's been planning this whole time. Amen. Yeah. That, I believe we can do that. We Those are easy things, you know, praying for expectancy and, and how appropriate um, that we would pray that way, that the Holy Spirit would be in charge and show up and um, fill our each of our intimate most deepest desires and needs in a special way that's beautiful yeah. and i'm waiting to see how he'll do that together for us too it won't be just individual um it won't be even just family or just teams but maybe there's something he wants to do among us as a whole and uh i really long for that as well what would it be if he just marked us together yeah. in this mission and uh yeah can't wait. Well, ultimately, we're better together. And, um, you know, I think as teams and, and as a whole, I love that the Wesleyan Church has global partners to represent us um, globally. And I just think of how many lives are impacted because someone said yes to go, followed the Holy Spirit's prompting, and then it just multiplies the ripple effects and how great um, we talk a lot about renewal in pastors and, and leaders and pastors and leaders need renewal and refreshing and ultimately the Holy Spirit's presence. Um, so we don't burn out. And it sounds like that's what this is being positioned for a time of that. Um, mm -hmm. if I'm understanding correctly. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right on, Christy. And, and again, I, I always go into these kind of things with hopes and expectations, but my real hope and expectation is just him meeting with us and might what might he want to do? You know, even, uh, you know, this podcast is a facilitator podcast that focus on phase four and five, but actually we're facilitators all the way through the journey. And uh, in the early moments and new fields and things like that, we're facilitating any relationship we can build to facilitate and add to what is the Holy Spirit doing that he's inviting us to be a part of. And and I was just thinking again, as we, we go into this, what would it be like if if he just gave us a greater heart for the four in 10 that are unreached, where there's no witness of the gospel. What would it be like if he broke our heart? And and that affects every phase. I was just meeting with the area directors, and we were talking about the fact that, um, you know, in the early days, Bob Bagley just did an amazing historical kind of run from, from uh, Global Partners when we started in Sierra Leone all the way through. And um, it, was, it was fascinating. Our first convert came six years after the missionaries first landed. Wow. Six years, because it was hard. It's always hard when we land in those places. Um, but we were talking as as he shared, it was like, he, he sort of apologized that we didn't talk about missions sooner in some of those long-term fields. But they did what they did. No, Nuda did. It wasn't that they said you couldn't be missionaries. It was that they just weren't. They were just trying to get something established, get something going, find a first convert, disciple them, you know. And right. and. All of our work is facilitating everywhere to everywhere uh, around the world the, because the four and 10 matters so much. So one of the things we were chatting about, anybody in four and five fields, one of the things they want to do is make sure that the vis mission vision is cast 
Because already around the world, there's churches that are sending missionaries or preparing to send missionaries. And it takes all of us. And that's one of those things that we get to do from day one. We should be talking about the mission beyond, the mission beyond, even in the hardest places. When they when the vision is cast, uh, you know, again, reading through the book of Acts, it's, it's just like somebody got saved and pretty soon they're going already, you know. And uh, what would it be like if we just captured a little bit of them more or maybe he captured our hearts for that even more so yeah. yeah i was just talking with a church um who their heart was to create that atmosphere of mission just being normal in their infants they want they want it to start with you know the, the infant room and be then carried out through the whole church so that there's not a phase in the child's life where they don't know that mission is important. And I think that's wow. really what we're talking about just globally, you know, that idea that every moment, no matter your age or your location or um, where you're at in life, there's a mission focus. If you have breath, the yeah. form and yeah. Wow. That's great. So I, yeah. I thank love God that. for a church like that. Yeah, for sure. And I, and they're getting ready to send out. Like I've already gotten a call. So um, I just think that's exciting. And, and I love how it just lines up with just this focus of we, we need to be about the four and 10. And I think um, just cause it's something in the news and it's been on my heart, um, the f- Turkey and Syria right now, you know, just continue. Is there a specific way that, you know, that we can, be praying that um how how can we support if that's but that's just so real right now for us what's your thoughts you know this may sound trite but the very best thing you can do is pray um it's a very 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 complicated situation our uh, team on the ground has had to deal with some of these kind of things uh, in the region before. But this is the most uh, significant turmoil area already, right there at the border between those two countries. It's a little bit of renegade area uh, on both sides. Um, One of the difficulties is getting aid in there responsibly uh, because of so much corruption in the area. And so there's uh, always people who in this, we've seen it in the Ukrainian situation as well, people who try to take advantage, people already trying to um, really take advantage of refugees and traffic them and things like that. It's difficult getting supplies in because uh, neither government or region um, has capacity sometimes for it, nor the, the best motives in some of that as well. And so one of the reasons we didn't go for an all-out Wesleyan Emergency Relief Fund is because money is not the best thing to send right now because there's so much corruption. But that doesn't change the human lives that are being lost and and uh, their critical needs. So prayer, it really is significant. Our team is very connected with people who do things well. And uh, so they're in constant contact. I was just in Istanbul recently when all this was taking place and and our leader there was uh, making, I mean, on calls almost all day long, uh, sure. working through all of the issues. So 
that's significant. World Hope has found some places where they can get medical supplies in and things. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not landing anyone on the ground. They're working with some trusted partners and some of that's getting in really well. And so that's been a positive thing as well. So uh, yeah, heartache in some of these situations that are just so um, difficult. And then you add sin, the sinfulness of men and um it just breaks your heart, but uh, yeah. And if you do know people in the area on our team and stuff, sending them notes of encouragement. Uh, there was talk of one of our, our team going in and being a translator because uh, they're so effective as a translator because a lot of teams are coming in. They have no language acquisition, and so that's critical too. So, yeah. Well, thanks for sharing that and allowing us to partner in prayer. And yeah. I'm, I'm appreciative that we have a team there that mm-hmm. is able um, to serve. Um, as we finish up, is there any final thoughts that you want to leave us with? Any, um, just anything that you feel the Lord prompting? You know, as I was thinking about this call, I was just thinking again that we're in a season with the four and 10 being a focus. We need to start new fields. Uh, we need to launch some people. Uh, it's interesting. We have a group of people who uh, helped to start our fields in Europe, you know, that uh, launched out as 20-year-olds, you know, 24, 27. Now they're hitting their 40s, some of them getting close to 50. And and we were laughing because it, it feels like some of the younger people just aren't ready. And I'm like... <laughs> Like any of us, we're ready for anything, you know. I planted a church at 24 years old. I didn't know what I was doing at all. We launched fields with people in their 20s, you know. And and I just thought, you know, you you know, the ever ready battery thing. I I think it should be never ready, you know. Like, when are we really truly ready for this kind of work? And and one of the things that that I hope comes out of the summit is that like. Yeah, we got to open new fields. You know, we're we're excited about everywhere to everywhere because there are people in the Western churches around the world that can get places where we as North Americans can't get. But there's still a ton of places we can get and we've got to go. We've got to send and we've got to step out and make all kinds of mistakes and do it with a great heart and the leading of the Holy Spirit. But we won't do it right. But but we've just got to be thinking. And I think there's people out there, this next generation coming up, especially they're ready. Not really, but they're ready to launch. They're ready to try. They're ready to say, okay, God, how could you use me? And that's how it always is. Going back to the history, almost no one in the first missionary sent to Sierra Leone was over 30 years old. I just had in my mind, they were all 45-year-old seasoned pastors who caught the call. There was nobody like that. There's 12 people in a cemetery there, and I think the oldest one was 32. And, you know, like, it's it's just that reminder again, uh, God raises up the generations. It's always been the movements of missions have almost always been young people. And the first disciples were that. Most of them were in their 20s by the time Jesus, you know, left this earth. And uh, they, they just launched out. And uh, so I, I, I just want to cast that vision again for us. What would God maybe be doing through some of the youngest among us who might launch new fields? Who in the next five years is going to mobilize because of Christy Yu at, at you know, one of our universities and so many of our other people that are in those contexts that will be raised up? And I'm praying for that. We pray for more workers. More places might be possible, a big part of more workers. And uh, so who knows what God might do in that? 
it's a season we need to lean into, I think. So and an exciting. That's that's exciting. That's what we're about. And um and thanks for thanks for your leadership in that and your desire to push us even stretch our minds. What else could God do? How else can we process this? Um, I think, yeah, it makes me excited. It makes me want to be a part of the Global Partners team. Um, and and so many of you are doing that on the field and we thank you. Um, Dennis, thanks for being with us today. Uh, thanks for Such sharing. a joy to be on. Thanks for having me. And again, I think one of the other things I just want to say is I can't wait to be together. I just am so looking forward to this. Uh, during COVID, you know, I was off the road most of the time. There were people I didn't get to see on the in those years and, uh, you know, I had to miss conferences during those times. I just can't wait to be together. And I can't wait for all of you to be together because there's so much that can happen. Some of you have never met. Some of you wouldn't have met had it not been for the summit. We didn't have this planned out. You know, we said when we did the first one seven years ago, this might be a one only, one off, we'll never do it again. But we sensed more and more. No, we really do need to be together. And I can't wait to see what happens in your lives that's maybe in a session, but maybe not in one of the services that just God does something because you met this person and you connected with this person and you told your story and you heard their story. And what might God do to encourage us to stay in the race, to keep on running and to keep on serving? and trusting Holy Spirit to do his good work through us. So thanks so much, Christy, for having me on. Thanks so much. And thanks for all of you who have tuned in today to our facilitator podcast. It's a blessing to be a part of ministry with you. Have a great day.